0: Oh my goodness, it's Christmas! <laughs> welcome, welcome everybody to North Haven. My name is Adam Sidler. I am the uh, senior pastor here. Welcome to those of you who are in here in person and those of you who are watching via the live stream. It's good to be together. Uh, God's going to do tremendous things over the course of this month. I know it. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of that as we, uh, as we share time here this morning. Uh, but who doesn't like Christmas movies? My goodness, I love Christmas movies. Actually, there's, there was just a huge uproar, and that's not even an understatement, a huge uproar about Charlie Brown Christmas. Did you guys hear about this? Yeah, so they, were, they weren't going to they, they have it on regular stations this year. It was just going to be on Apple, and people lost their minds, rightly so, because we're talking about Charlie Brown Christmas here. You don't mess with a Charlie Brown Christmas. And so they ended up putting it on PBS so people could watch it, and also Apple's like, okay, because we don't want the whole world to hate us, we're gonna let people watch that for free. So they had Christmas movies. It actually, Christmas movies you know come out every year. It's not just uh, the ones that we that we know and love, uh, but there's new ones that come out, including um, the Christmas Minions show that just came out uh, a week ago. My son is super stoked about seeing that, but christmas movies are a tradition you know they're right there with eating too much you know stockings and and getting together um and uh, around the christmas tree all that stuff with christmas movies becomes part of our our christmas tradition a christmas story in particular I absolutely love. Now, I remember when I saw this for the first time. I believe I was with my family. We saw it in the movie theater, and A Christmas Story was such a great. Movie then and now. And uh, we just watched it the other day. Um, we, every, every Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving, it's our Christmas decorating day. So we go out, we put up the tree. We gave up a real tree a long time ago. We faked that thing. And so we set up the tree, we decorate the house, we, uh, we play Christmas music, and then we make pizza, homemade pizza, and watch a Christmas movie. And that was one of them that we saw. Anyways, uh, Christmas story. If you're not familiar with it, I'll kind of get you up to speed. Probably all of you are. But uh, so the Christmas story, it's presented in a series of vignettes. And it takes place in roughly around 1940. And it follows the story of Ralphie. Ralphie, as he's uh, nine years old, his relentless search and quest for the ultimate Christmas gift. And it's narrated by his adult uh, self. And all Ralphie wanted for Christmas. And many of, us, many of us know the answer to this question. That year was the Red Rider Carbine Action 200-shot range model air rifle. So check this out. Oh, there it is. The holy grail of Christmas gifts, the Red Rider 200-shot range model air rifle. Ralphie... What would you like for Christmas? Horrified, I heard myself blurted out. I want an official Red Ryder carbon action 200-yard rangeball air rifle. No, shoot your eye out. Oh no, it was the classic mother BB gun block. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. No, no, I want an official Red Ryder carbon action 200-yard my air rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. How ho To ho, ho. no! this day, that movie single-handedly traumatized all children when they look at Mall Santas. I, the Red Ryder BB gun is so quintessential to Christmas now. It's, uh, my son wanted one so desperately a couple of Christmases ago, so we got him one. It was super cool. We set up a little Target thing in the basement, and uh, now he doesn't really use it. I use it to shoot ducks out of my pool. Um, but, but the, the Red Ryder BB gun, it's just so synonymous now with Christmas. So his search is constantly rejected by his mom. We saw it there. By Santa. By his teacher sure and then on one christmas morning that christmas morning he and his family open all of his all the presents and he's he's excited desperately wanting we remember the bunny suit remember that Uh, he's desperately wanting the red rider bb gun and then all the christmas presents are opened and uh, that was not one of them and so then we find Ralphie sitting on a couch with his parents, and he's kind of bummed out. You know, they're all tired, and his little brother Randy is falling asleep, and the Christmas wrapping paper strewn out all over the floor. And then we have this moment where his dad perks up, and this happens. Hey, that's so funny. What's that over there behind the desk? Where? Well, behind the desk against the wall over there. You go check it out. What have you put over there, honey? I—I uh, well, Santa Claus probably <laughs> so it's so cool what makes it even more special is you know the whole movie his father is just this curmudgeon. This is yelling at the furnace, having fights at the furnace, the neighbors' dogs, and remember the, the the blown tire and negotiating Christmas tree prices. And then to have this this really cute special moment where his father is the is like the source of his uh, excitement and awe that morning. It's just really cool. But then we know how things end, right? Ralphie goes outside into the backyard, sets up a target, and shoots. And then it ricochets and it hits him in the glass and he thinks for a moment, oh, no, I really did shoot my eye out, only to find out, no, I just got a little cut, and, and, then he, and then he lies to his parents, essentially, and gets away with it, and that's supposed to be the happy ending, and, and, and then the dogs come in and destroy the turkey dinner, and they gotta go to the Chinese restaurant, and the duck gets his head chopped off. All that fun stuff, right? So a Christmas story is basically about one boy's desperate attempt to secure what he's determined is the greatest gift of all time. This is the quintessential Christmas gift. If he can get this, you know, his life will be fulfilled, all the stars will align, and he will be the happiest person ever. But the thing is, is that this belief it changes year after year after year with every single kid and even us adults. You know, we have in our mind every Christmas, when we're especially when we're kids, what we want. We definitely want this. I have uh, my my son, sh- I should say, has a room full of things that he desperately wanted each year. Right? That he then forgets about. It doesn't play with ever again, and then we give to the goodwill. That's That's the American tradition, right? And the next year, it'll be another greatest gift, and the year after that, and the year after that. And then what does the world teach our children too? We have to be mindful of this. This is a bit of a segue, but the world teaches our kids that if they're nice, they'll get presents, they'll get the gift that they want, but if they're naughty, what, what do they get? Has anybody gotten a lump of coal? Literally, that's just a threat that we give to one another, but we don't follow up on. All right, so the lump of coal, right? So if you're nice, you'll get a present from Santa. If you're naughty, you'll get a lump of coal. And so then the gift or the idea of gifts each Christmas then becomes ultimately subject to what that person or what that child has and has not done. We need to be mindful of that. Because that uh, that goes against grace and how it is that we as parents teach our kids grace. So if I get back on track, every gift—if every gift that we receive, if we think is the greatest, and then it isn't anymore because another gift comes along, then we have to ask the question: What is then the ultimate gift? What is the greatest gift? What is the greatest gift? I've mentioned this before, you know, there are cliches and this is going to be yet another moment where it's going to sound like a cliche, but as we said, just because something is a cliche doesn't mean that it's not true. The greatest gift, I'm not going to leave you hanging, is this. The greatest gift ever is the gift of God's love. The greatest gift ever is the gift of God's love. And I know that sounds eye-rolling, but it's true. It's true. The greatest gift that we will ever receive is the gift of God's love. And it is fully and completely realized in the sinless death and resurrection and ascension of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But it doesn't stop there because it's not as if God loved and then sent his son Jesus and then it ended there. We then have the revelation of that truth. The Word of God, the Bible, is our revelation. It is the revealing of God's love through Jesus Christ to the world. It is a treasure that we, that we hold in our hands, that we have at our fingertips. That's how we know about God's love. That's how we even know what we're celebrating each and every Christmas. You know, we're celebrating uh, Emmanuel, God with us. And God came down. We've talked about this numerous times. That great chasm between an unholy, imperfect humanity and a perfect, holy God could not be be, uh, traversed by human ability. So God had to come to us. God with us. Emmanuel. The only reason we even know about this, the only reason we even celebrate this is because it's been revealed through his word. Think about that for a second you know the good news of jesus christ because it's been revealed to us through his word god's word is the revelation it is the revelation of god's love god's word is the revelation it is the revealing of the love of god through jesus christ Let's look at a passage detailing this found in 1 John. So 1 John is towards the end of, of the Bible in the New Testament. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-12. through 12. If you have your Bibles, you can certainly turn to that. Uh, if you just do a thumbnail uh, page uh, towards the end, you should run right into it. Um, if you don't, you can look on the screen or in your Bible app. But 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-12. through 12. We're going to read this together. Verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. And whoever does not love does not know God. And this is important because God is love. God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son Jesus into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved. It's not our ability. Not that we have loved, but that he, that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then finishing out in verse 12, no one has ever seen God But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And we talked about this before. Love is not ours in that we are not the creator nor are we the sustainer of love. Love is God's. He is the creator, He's the instigator, He's the sustainer, He's the one that gives provision for love to even be possible. So love is God's, and so our love isn't a creation of our own making, but rather, in this passage in 1 John, it's saying that that love, our love, is a reflection. It's a reflection of the love of God that then the world can see in us. We are to love one another, it says. And that by loving one another, it actually testifies to the love of God being in us. And then we reflect God's love to others, and we do what it says in Philippians 2, and I've been using this passage a lot lately, but it's so beautiful. Chapter 2, verses 15b through 16a We do that by shining among the world like stars in the sky as we hold firmly to the word of life. Now, when you walked into the sanctuary today, you were given a Christmas gift. Could everybody hold that up for me? We're going to have, great, we're going to have an actual show and tell of who was naughty and who was nice. Because you were told to not open this. So this Christmas gift here, this is just a symbol of what it is that we received every Christmas. We receive gifts in the various shapes and and forms, but this Christmas gift in particular is very special. I'm going to ask each of you to take a moment and to open this, if you would, and take a look at what's inside. And go ahead part of the unwrapping experience is opening the boxes there are no ties or screws that hold this thing in place so you welcome parents inside is a talking bible now many of you have heard about talking bibles but you may not have actually held a talking bible this talking bible is equipped with the entire Bible in this plastic case. It's an audio version, obviously. If you look on the back, for instance, you'll see that it's powered by solar energy, so this doesn't need to be plugged in, which is, makes it great for places in the world that, that don't have access to electricity. Uh, you just keep this out in the sun, and, and it charge, charges up for the next day. So, these talking Bibles are super cool, but the ones that you have in your hands are even more special because each one of these Bibles, this one and each one in your hands, is of a particular language. Each talking Bible is, has a particular language in it, but there is one language in particular that's in each and every single one of these. It is the R.C. Oromo language. Now, you might be asking, why is that important? Uh, Well, North Haven Church, we are going to be doing something really special. We're going to be sending 163 of these talking Bibles to the Oromo people in Ethiopia. Now, I've been meeting with the missions committee uh, every month since I started here at North Haven about a year and a half ago. And our missions committee is a tremendous group of individuals who have a heart and a passion to see God revealed, Jesus Christ revealed to people all throughout the world. And they, they work hard to make sure that our missionaries and ministries are supported and cared for. And we also have a passion We also have a passion for helping you and I tangibly see ourselves in the process of missions, because all too easily, missions can become just prayerfully, and these things are good, but just prayerfully and financially supporting and doing that from the safety and comfort of our pews or our chairs, But it's another thing altogether to actually kind of get our hands dirty with the process of missions, to begin seeing ourselves and how God is revealing himself to people all throughout the world. And that's what we're trying to do here with this. Now, you might be wondering, who are the Oromo people in Ethiopia, Well, the Oromo people in Ethiopia, they are known to be very wise, very discerning. They are very slow and careful in the decisions that they make. But they're also resolved to live their lives according to those decisions. So there's tremendous integrity that exists in these people. But this is what's really cool and I want to highlight here in this time together is that today... There is a movement of God's Spirit among the Oromo people in Ethiopia. And that movement is a hunger for God's Word. It's a hunger for God's Word. See, before now, many Christians, uh, evangelists and missionaries, they were completely rejected in this place in the world. But now many Oromo people are making faith decisions for Jesus Christ because of... God's message being revealed so how is this done how is this actually possible how is God causing life change like this well it's being done because neighbors and family and friends are sitting together and they're discussing what they've been listening to in their talking Bibles just like the one that you're holding in your hand, just like these talking Bibles, they are sitting with their family and their friends, their loved ones, their community members, and they're listening to God's word, God's love revealed through his word and the person of Jesus Christ. And so, this audio scripture that's playing in this specific language, this R.C.O. Romo language, is telling them of the good news. And they're often listening to these in the evenings or during their, their traditional coffee breaks and hearing how God has the power to change lives. Now, people all throughout this part of the world are now asking for talking Bibles in their own language. Specifically, in this language, the R.C. Oromo language, and this is huge because there are many in this part of the world who are illiterate and uneducated, and they can't—they can't even—they can't, even, uh, can't listen to the Bible or, or read the Bible. And there are many in this part of the world, many who have never even heard about Jesus Christ. And his redemptive work. I want you to let that soak in for just a second. Because we, we are completely oblivious to this many times here in America. I would venture to say that, that possibly every person in this room has more than one Bible. And there are some of you who have multiple Bibles. And several of which are just sitting in various parts of your home. Ones that you have probably have not opened in quite some time. Not to mention the fact that you and I, almost probably everybody in this room, has a smartphone and literally has access to the Word of God through their fingertip. Plus, we make it super easy for you and put it on the screen. We have so much easy access when it comes to God's Word. We completely take for granted the fact that for many, many, many people in this world, they either don't have access to the Word of God, like you and I do, or they've never even heard it, let alone read it. We have to force ourselves to think this way because it is not natural to us to think that, that there are people that, that have never seen or let alone picked up and read the bible before and in this part of the world the Oromo people in ethiopia they can't even purchase their own talking bibles so so we can't even we can't even send them a website link and say hey check this out on amazon they don't even have the money the means to be able to get a bible or a talking bible and the demand is sky high Equipping the Oromo people with the word of God and providing initial training will make it possible to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all throughout that region. So here's the deal. The goal of talking Bibles, this ministry that I I absolutely love, I love the simplistic nature of talking Bibles. We're talking about just getting the word of God in audio form to people in parts of the world that have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ and they're hearing it not in English and it being translated, they're hearing it in their own language. So here's the goal. The goal for Talking Bibles is to provide scripture access to every person who has a desire to hear it, but specifically for us here at North Haven, the goal is this. We're We're going to get 163 of these Talking Bibles to the Oromo people in Ethiopia. Now, when we talk about doing that, I want you to know that when, they, when talking in Bibles goes through this process, they do, they do it step by step. And the very first step with any um, uh, people group is to first get Bibles into the hands of pastors and evangelists in that part of the world. And then they begin the process of creating listening groups, groups of anywhere to 20 to 25 people. And so that first step That first step is 163 people, pastors and evangelists, that Talking Bibles has pinpointed and said, we need to get Talking Bibles into their hands. And they will then go into these communities, create listening groups, and people will hear the Word of God. And this is the deal 163 Bibles means 3,000 to 5,000 people hearing about the good news of Jesus Christ. That's mind blowing. Because each listening group, as I mentioned, is about 20 to 25 people. 20, this, this, this one talking Bible is going to be listened to by 20 to 25 people. And you multiply that times 163. So that's what we're shooting for. By just sending one talking Bible, we can reach a non-believer with the message of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And that can change a life, that can change a family, that can change a community, and and ultimately that can change that part of the world. But we're not just going to send one talking Bible, we're going to send 163. 163 talking Bibles that we as a church, we're going to send. Here's the deal, this is what's so cool. The ones that are in your hands, this one and the one that you are holding, are the actual Bibles that we're sending to the Oromo people, these people here in Ethiopia. We are sending these Bibles to those people. So that Bible that you're holding will soon be in the hands of a pastor or evangelist who will be sitting with a group of 20 to 25 people listening to the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Think about that for a second. Now, I believe we can do this, and we must do this. But let's do the math quick. To send one talking Bible, if I was just going to send this one talking Bible from here to the Aroma people in Ethiopia, that would would cost me $50. To send 163 talking Bibles, it would cost us $8,150. So that's what I'm asking. I'm asking that we as a church that we get serious about getting the word of God into the hands of people that have never, ever heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that we can and I believe that we should raise $8,150 to send all 163 of these talking Bibles to the Aroma people in Ethiopia. And we're going to do that by December 24th. And we're going to have a visual here on the stage. We're going to have one of those thermometers, you know, those, those fundraising thermometers. But we're not doing do a thermometer. Rather, every Bible that's supported to be sent financially over to the Aroma people in Ethiopia, we're going to stack on this table right here. And by December 24th, we're going to have 163 Bibles sitting on that table. We're going to celebrate the fact that we're sending God's word to people that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Three to 5,000 people. And then here's, here's an even cooler part. I'm going to go with Paul Lindbergh. I'm going to go with him and actually hand deliver these talking Bibles to these people. And we're going to get this videotape. We're going to take pictures. We're actually going to have this connection as a church. Not only with them, because talking Bibles, it's not as if they put them in a helicopter and drop talking Bible bombs on, on places in the world. They actually, they actually invest with the people there. They walk with them through the process of of these talking Bibles and what that means for them and for their their families and for their communities. They disciple them through that, that journey of finding and following Jesus. And so we as a church, we get to plant these seeds, that is the word of God, into the lives of these people. And then we get to see how that continues to blossom and grow into amazing and wonderful things. How does that sound? So you can give towards this in several ways. Really simple. Again, we have from today until the, the December 24th, $8,150, completely doable, $50, a talking Bible. So you can give either by uh, writing a check or cash in an offering envelope, and on that envelope you can jot down, this is for talking Bibles, December, whatever it is that you want to write down for that, and then put it in the basket as you leave. Or you can give online, either through the website or the app, and we have provided, if you've done that before, it's super easy. Well, you know that. If you haven't, it's super easy. But you'll notice now there's a specific designated option for this. You select that, and then you, you, uh, you donate whatever amount that God is leading you to do. And like I said, we're going to be showing each week, the 13th, the 20th, and then on the 24th, we're going to celebrate 163 Bibles on that table. So you are holding in your hands an actual Bible that a group of people in Ethiopia will be sitting around and listening to for the very first time. This is the greatest gift that the world has ever received. The revelation of God's love through Jesus Christ. So what I want to do here is I want to take a moment. We did this in the first service. We're going to do it here again so that every Bible is prayed for. I'm going to ask that you put your hands on this Bible, and we're going to pray for each and every one of these that God would prepare even now for the listeners. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege, for the privilege of journeying together through this process of getting your word into the lives and hearts and minds of the people, the Oromo people in Ethiopia. And Lord, with this Bible, and with all those that are in the hands of the people here in this room right now, and for all those that were in the hands of the people last service, Lord, we pray that each of these Bibles would be met with an eagerness and willingness to listen to your truth, and that your truth, Father, we we do not change lives. It is you who changes lives. And I pray, Father, that your word would, would reach the hearts and minds and lives of the, of the Aroma people in Ethiopia, and that lives would be changed, that families would be changed, that communities would be changed, that this area, this part of the world would be changed for eternity. Use this Bible. Use all these Bibles that are in in the people's hands here right now, Lord. Use these Bibles in powerful and enriching, God-glorifying and life-changing ways, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Every month we celebrate, we remember and celebrate the, the sacrifice that Jesus Christ became for us on the cross. We should not forget, we should not forget that, yes, a baby born in Bethlehem is a really cool thing, really cool, God with us. We should not forget the beauty and the, the, the majesty of that moment. But we should also not forget the reason why he came. It wasn't wasn't, uh, that around Easter, Jesus was surprised by the cross. He didn't hang on the cross and wonder, how did I get here? You ever thought about that? The Son of God, God incarnate, God with us, that baby that we put under our Christmas tree, uh, that baby that that, uh, we see set up with Tacky lights outside people's homes. If that's you, I'm sure it's beautiful. But that baby knew exactly why he came. He came to die. To die for you and for me. Because as we're going to sing about here in just a moment, Jesus' blood became the atoning sacrifice for our sins For all time. That the blood that was shed by Jesus now covers us. And so when God sees us, He doesn't see us. He sees Jesus. That's why His death had to happen. Not only so that we could be covered by the blood of the Lamb but so that he could then defeat death, thus enabling us to have eternal life. How beautiful is that? So we remember together that night that Jesus was with his disciples and he took the bread and he said, this here is my body, broken for you, beaten and battered for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus took the blood and he said this, this is my blood poured out for you shed for you do this in remembrance of me oh the blood that was shed for you and for me may we never forget let's sing